0: It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to the first of the season. There's going to be, I think, 17 more of these here at the Fantasy Points Podcast. It is the injury and Waiver Wire podcast at FantasyPoints, FantasyPoints.com. My name is Joe Dolan, and if you'll remember last year, we had a great time. Well, not necessarily a great time, because talking about injuries isn't great. But if you're going to do it, you might as well do it well. So we're doing it with Dr. Edwin Porce, Doctor of Physical Therapy, uh, our injury expert at FantasyPoints.com. In my opinion, um, hell, I think this is a fact. Edwin, I think you're the best in the space at, like, explaining things and, and showing actual research to prove this stuff. I mean, um, you're, you're honestly invaluable to our team. Um, you're always available to me with a text. I was hosting the game day show, and I wanted you to sing me sweet lullabies about Jerry Judy. Um, and we will talk about Jerry Judy um, uh, this week. But how are you doing, my friend? Um, unfortunately, there is a, a relatively lengthy list of injuries here that we need to talk about uh, in week one. However, fortunately, it doesn't look like any of them were season-ending.
1: Right. Absolutely. Well, first of all, Joe, I appreciate the kind words. Um, I think you're fluffing my ego a little bit because I definitely uh, whiff often. So <laughs> I appreciate that. But yeah, we definitely try to provide as much context to the injuries as possible and always uh, go with the process, the process, the process. But I'm, I'm ready to talk about these. Yeah. None of them look to be seen at season-ending. A few of them are season-altering. So... Um, we can definitely get into that. Joe, we're vaxxed. We're waxed. We're ready to fantasy football transact.
0: Yes, we are. You can follow him on Twitter at fbinjurydoc. injury doc um, uh, Edwin. All right, let's talk about the big one. Um, and, and unfortunately, I mean, this is one that a lot of our subscribers at fantasypoints.com com have, um, uh, have feel the effects because Jerry Judy was one of our favorite players to draft this offseason. That is so far down on the list of concerns for Jerry Judy. Um, but I did see him tweet. I don't know if you saw this tweet, Edward. He says, I appreciate all the ankle donations. L-O-L. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs>
1: because, didn't see that, no. <laughs> because, like,
0: fantasy players, like, you know, and Bronco fans, sure, like, take my ankle. Um, <laughs> by the way, if you yell at a player for getting hurt, you are a jackass. True. And I don't want you listening to this podcast, but we will talk about players getting hurt. And when you saw the injury, this is what I was literal. I saw it on television when I was uh, doing the game day show for Sirius XM. I texted you right away and I said, please, please tell me something good about Jerry Judy. And I was maybe a tiny bit optimistic because I saw him actually kind of walk to the cart to me just as a heathen that that indicated there wasn't like a serious break here. Um, and it turns out they did the x-rays, the x-rays were negative, he got rolled off on, but it is a high ankle sprain for Jerry Judy. What does this mean? What did you see on the film? Um, when, when, when should we expect Jerry Judy to come back? And moreover, when he does come back, what is he going to play like?
1: No, these are all good questions. So I was actually in the middle of uh, running some errands when this injury happened, and I was on the fly looking at what, what happened. It did look bad, Joe it looked bad. His, his foot, his ankle turned inward. He had an inversion, sort of high ankle sprain that, or eversion, I'm sorry, high ankle sprain that you hate to see. I was not so certain that his deltoid ligament would be intact after the fact, but that's why observation is one of the lowest sensitivity, lowest value type of analysis you can give right off the bat because it doesn't, what it appears to be is not always what it ends up being. But the fact that you watched him walk to the cart does actually give a little bit of insight there's there's oh, okay yeah oh, you're not bad. wrong so there there are some uh, rules sort of like an algorithm that have about 99 percent sensitivity in terms of if you need to get an x-ray or not one of the rules that you follow is can they place weight on the ankle immediately after the injury and if they can place weight on the ankle then there's a pretty good chance that they are aren't, aren't going to have some major fracture so you were right you were spot on for a heathen you were doing great so now we're looking at a confirmed Schefter four to six weeks. If we do look at the evidence that I sent everybody yesterday, you do notice that the the me I'm sorry the mode so the most weeks that most skill players will miss for a high ankle sprain is three. So I'm not sure when the ink when the Broncos bye week is. I'd have to take a look at what that is. I don't know if you know that. Let me look it up right now. So we're looking at this injury for Jerry Judy. Uh, Schefter confirmed, like I said, four to six weeks, there is a mode of three. So there's a chance he could be back a little sooner than that. Uh, what well, they're, they're going to take their time with him. They need to let the swelling be controlled. They need to let the pain response diminish. They need to get his range of motion back, but it, it ends up being, uh, here's the data that I'm, that I'm talking about. 14% of cases miss zero weeks. That's probably not gonna be the case for Judy. 22% miss one week, uh, 12% miss two weeks a whopping 27% miss three weeks. And then um, it's about 10% that miss four. So we're looking at that range that, that lines up with, with what Shefty says. And we usually trust Shefter. Now it's going to be tricky. We don't know when they're going to bring Judy back in terms of if he's actually ready. I've mentioned this study dozens of times. There was a 2013 NFL study the last time that they talked about these high ankle sprains, all 32 team docs in the NFL said, yeah, these are pretty nasty, gruesome injuries. But players can't come back, come back on an average of around 15 days. However, they don't look to be themselves for four to six weeks. That's where that four to six also comes into play. The first game back, and this is based on my own research from 2016 to 2020. The first game back for uh, uh, NFL players coming off a high ankle sprain. There is about a 20% production dip in that first week. You saw it with Terry McLaurin. You saw it with Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara. You see it with all these players. They come back and their production just isn't the same. That's because they're trying to get back on the field. And this is a very slow injury to heal. So, moral of the story, what does all that mean? Right. I feel like I'm just talking for no reason. You just got to hold Jerry Judy. Yeah. I'm not actively acquiring Jerry Judy. I'm not trading for Jerry Judy because the Michael Thomas situation, which is worst case scenario, it doesn't, it's not common, but it's also, I wouldn't say it's rare. Um, it is possible for players to be playing on a bum ankle the rest of the year after this. And then something like the Michael Thomas situation, which like I said, is not super common, but it, it does happen. So I'm not actively acquiring these players. This is a very volatile injury, but I'm just holding on to Jerry Judy. And I'm just going to hope that when he comes back, he can, it takes him a couple of weeks, but he'll get his sea legs back under him.
0: Yeah. Um, fortunately, it's not the worst case scenario for Jerry Judy. Um, he was going to, he was absolutely eating in that game, by the way, he had six for 71, um, less than midway through the third quarter, which is when he got hurt. So I mean, he was going to catch ten passes in that game. Right. So it didn't was he done. drop one? Uh, he had seven targets. I don't know if the one was a drop. I didn't see it. But uh, but he caught six to seven targets. So hands were not an issue for Jerry Judy. Uh, in week one. Um, let's go to the other one that occurred in week one. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick suffered a hip injury. Um. The six to eight weeks it looks like he's gonna miss he has already been placed on ir and it is worth noting that unless i'm mistaken jerry judy has not been placed on ir yet and the broncos bye week by the way is 11 so uh-huh. you would hope he's back before then um but uh ryan fitzpatrick has been placed on ir is this similar to Tua a Vailoa? is this similar to bo jackson what happened to ryan fitzpatrick
1: so they keep reporting it's a subluxation subluxation so if we're going by the traditional definitions. What, ha- what it, what it means is that the hip came out of socket and then went back in on its own. So they didn't, it didn't require any type of sort of traction. It didn't retire- require the, the athletic trainer or the doc to put it back in, which is a good thing because the, the longer that hip is out of socket, the more likely there is to be blood vessel damage and necrosis. So basically dying of the bone. And that wasn't the case here. However, he did dislocate his hip. It's very similar to what happened to Tua, um, much less severe, very similar to what happened to Bo Jackson, but again, much less severe because it went back in on its own. That's not common. The hip is a very stable joint naturally. So it's not very common for it to, to come out of socket. So we're looking at six to eight weeks. I would say that's, that's probably the minimum for Ryan Fitzpatrick that we're not going to see him probably come back to full form at even through this year, even when he does come back, Uh, he probably won't be as mobile. He probably won't be as confident on the hip if he does come back. Um, We might not see Ryan Fitzpatrick for a long time. And if Washington isn't competitive, which it's pretty easy to be competitive in that division, uh, I I don't know how soon they're actually going to bring him back or if they'll rush him back. But yeah, this was uh, this was a pretty significant injury.
0: It's a shame for Fitz because he finally gets a starting job like to himself, and then you know he gets hurt right away in week one. That offensive line was crap, by the way. Um, yeah, they are. just uh, like, oh man, that that was a bad performance by that by the team's offensive line. Another major injury that occurred in week one, and I know Edwin, you 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 say injury prone is a lie. It's a it's a catchphrase, um, that requires a lot more nuance to what you mean. Um, and you've written about that. And, and I encourage you to check that out on fantasypoints.com. However, <laughs> I'm sure one of the guys who challenges you the most in asserting that is Raheem Mostert, who has yet another injury. It's uh, a knee cartilage. It looks like he's going to have to get surgery. Um, the knee injury is uh, reportedly going to cost him eight weeks. Um, at this point, I mean, for fantasy, Unless you have unless you have multiple IR spots, I don't see why the hell you would keep Raheem Mostert on a roster. Um, what's what's the deal with Raheem Mostert? What, what kind of insight can you give?
1: Yeah, so the original report, and I I wish I could remember off the top of my head, was that he had ch- quote chipped cartilage. That, sounds uh, that fun. that's not really a diagnosis. I mean, I, if anything, it means that he might have bone chips floating around along with cartilage damage to the meniscus, uh, which w- lines up with the eight weeks. If he had like a true what's called like a, a chondral defect, it would, that would be pretty severe and pretty significant. So I think it might be the on the minor version of what this uh, cartilage and, and, and bone issue might be. So he's going to undergo surgery, get it cleaned up. Like, yeah, this is going to be an eight-week issue. Okay, Joe, so here's the thing about Raheem Mostert. He is a guy who hasn't been able to stay on the field. He constantly has connective tissue injuries. And I, for one, thought... Before this happened, and I put this in the chat, I think he might have a little bit of the of the Todd Gurley syndrome, and I wasn't totally off. He This was likely something that was already bothering and pestering him, and we did see there were some reports in camp that he was out during camp. This is probably something that the game action just pushed him over the edge from. It's not something that is a great injury to deal with, even when he comes back. It, there could be complications from this injury. I think the guy's like 29 years old. I just, unfortunately I don't see him coming back and, and really flourishing, which will say a lot for my uh, Trey Sermon teams. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, 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 Tom, let's, let, let's, let's put it this way. Tom Brawley is going to join me on the second half of this podcast, Edwin, and we will be analyzing that situation. So I hope you tune in and I hope you guys out there. I hope you play monkey knife fight. Monkey knife fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet. It is a daily fantasy sports operator offering a unique style of player props. One of the things we really love about MKF is that you simply don't have to spend all day analyzing salaries to create that one lineup that finally makes you a millionaire like other sites. The third biggest operator in DFS offers all the major sports plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, and constantly adds new sports to the mix to help keep things fresh for their more than 200,000 users. Case in point, college football, it's here in fall of 2021. And we've heard rumblings, a couple of rumors here, of bowling, tennis, Edwin, even fishing. Here's how it works. Number one, you pick a sport. Number two, you select a game matchup. Number three, you pick your fantasy contest. More or less, rapid fire, stat shootout. Number four, you choose your buy-in. New users can use code FANTASYPTS. That's all capitals, Fantasy PTS, to claim an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. New users also receive a free $5 just for signing up. Head to www.monkeyknifefight.com and download the app on the App Store or Play Store. You can also find out more information on the Fantasy Points homepage. Edwin, you wrote a big article this offseason. You thought Saquon Barkley's rehab, based on everything that was reported, you're not in the building, was going just fine. We were... The Giants were being cautious with him. The the, the reports were, oh, I don't know if he's going to be ready week one. Turns out everything progresses. He plays in week one. The usage suggests the Giants are being cautious. He played just 48% of the snaps. That is well below what we're used to seeing Saquon Barkley play. And the Giants got freaking boat raced. All right? That team stinks. Um, But observation is part of the equation when you're looking at injuries. What did you see from Saquon Barkley a year removed from tearing his ACL?
1: Yeah, week one, ten and a half months after the surgery, uh, he looked good to me. He looked spry. He didn't look like Saquon Barkley of old, and that's not necessarily to be expected. And I said most of the offseason, we can say everything we want and look at all the research we want. When it comes to the Giants, we don't know what they're going to do, and this is what they obviously decided to do. I think a lot of the complication and confusion came from, is he going to be active week one? Is he not? Is he going to take his role week one? Is he not? Um, and I don't think he was ever going to be inactive. That was never really in the cards unless he had a massive setback. But yeah, he was active. Like you said, he played 48% of the snaps. Um, the upside is that Devonte Booker and Gary Brightwell, they, I think, made up the rest of the of the targets. And I think they only had like, like two total targets or one total target. I think Saquon had like three or four. So moral of the story here, Saquon looked like he was a guy coming off an ACL and and meniscus issue I do think that the Broncos were part of the reason he was bottled up as much as he was and he just didn't have room to run I did go back and watch that game I mean it was it was pretty ridiculous how quick I I should have I should screenshot at least like one of his runs where I swear there were like four or five Broncos surrounding him and there was like no offensive lineman around Saquon whatsoever so I I should Uh, screenshot that
0: because like i think i think it's so lazy to come out and say like oh my god he's he's not ready uh, i was like dude that team
1: stinks yeah they're so and, and bad and honestly
0: that for me as a fantasy player that's the bigger issue right now that that it's not the injury for saquon it's it's the team being so bad around him is the biggest the biggest issue in my opinion right. now it was a tough defense you know Denver week one, Denver looks pretty spry too, by the way. Uh, uh, I know we talked about Jerry Judy, but yeah, Denver week one, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, uh, the good news is Saquon is healthy, the bad news, everything else. Uh, Monday Night Football, another guy who I actually thought looked good on his runs, but he didn't play a whole lot, was Josh Jacobs, who has a toe injury. Um, what did you see from him? He was clearly that like Saquon. I didn't see any obvious discomfort from Saquon, Josh Jacobs. Edwin, you watched that Monday night game, which was really entertaining. Um, he was clearly in pain in that game, but I thought when he was out there, he looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, no, he was, he was clearly playing through some pain, which isn't unexpected. He down talked downplayed the injury. I think it was on Saturday, Friday or Saturday. He was saying, Oh, you know, it's not that big a deal. I'm just taking a rest day. Then he had to be hobbled off to the sideline. They had to retape his toe. I mean, this dude's going to be playing through pain probably for the next few weeks. Uh, He was volatile and he did look good when he got the ball. He looked spry. He looked like he, you know, he hit the holes hard. He obviously had the two touchdowns. Um, Um, And I know you can't do it like this, Joe. I really hate this type of analysis, but I mean, take away the two touchdowns, even take away one of the touchdowns. It wasn't the greatest. And I think that does have a lot to do with what the toe injury was bringing to the table on top of the fact that he was also sick, apparently uh, just yesterday. So this was a really interesting performance by Josh Jacobs. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what you're going to get from him next week now because this this toe injury isn't going away necessarily, but it might be something that he can play through with the foot plate. So I would say that Josh Jacobs continues to be, for me, from a health perspective, a volatile play. But, I mean, you probably don't have a lot better options, a lot of better options Mm -hmm. than than Josh Jacobs.
0: Odell Beckham was inactive on Sunday in his recovery from ACL injury. What what differentiates Odell Beckham from Saquon Barkley?
1: Yeah, so Odell hadn't taken contact in practice. So what we know about that is is that he obviously isn't confident on the knee yet. Uh, He might've had some complications post-operatively. He's older than Saquon Barkley. You know, he's not necessarily, you know, gonna go to the nursing home, but in terms of NFL age, I mean, he's 29 years old. So it takes a little bit longer of a time. There's a a big, big gap between 23, 24 and 29, 30. So that was probably part part of what what played into his recovery. I don't necessarily anticipate him to come in and, and have this full workload either. As a receiver, it actually tells you a lot. Um, because receivers have an easier time coming back from these injuries, but there was probably more meniscus involved in for Odell Beckham Jr. than we initially thought. So that means that he might be active next week. We're not 100% certain. He's two weeks behind in terms of uh, full recovery uh, compared to Saquon Barkley. He had his surgery two weeks after Saquon Barkley did. So it's one of those things that y- you have to sort of take it uh, for what it's worth, I will probably wouldn't use a lot of OBJ in my DFS lineups. He's probably not going to run as many routes. And to be honest, I don't know how he's going to look coming off of that. Like he he's the one guy that I was concerned coming off the ACL uh, because of his age, because of his history, because of everything that we know about him. He, I was a little bit concerned and I'm still concerned in terms of soft tissue injuries. If they ramp him up too quickly, Odell Beckham Jr. is a super volatile player right now, and I'm not acquiring him or trading for him.
0: Austin Eckler is the final one we're going to talk about. Uh, this one is bizarre. Like, I mean, we're we're talking about Austin Eckler all season. He's a first round pick and and all this, and then all of a sudden he just doesn't practice on Wednesday and Thursday, heading into the Sunday game. He's active on Sunday, but he doesn't get a target. Um, he did run routes on about half of. Justin Herbert's drop get backs. Uh, Did you see anything? Um, This is somebody who has a history of hamstring problems. Austin Eckler is open about his history of of hamstring problems. He's a real one. He's a good dude. What, what, what should, should we be concerned here?
1: I would be cautious. I know he had that goal line carry. I know he had that touchdown. Other than that, the dude didn't see a target. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that has to do with how they were managing his load, I uh, have to go back and look at how many snaps that he played too. But he, yeah, I definitely think they were managing how much he's doing. Um, you you, you alluded to it. He admitted in an interview just a couple of weeks ago, like, yeah, my, my, my left hamstring still isn't as strong as my right one. And I don't know if it ever will be. So that's something that we have to take into consideration when it when it comes to Eckler. And what muddies the waters more is this new coaching staff. We don't know how they're going to use him, how they're going to handle the situation. Week one is still a small sample. But the fact that he was two do not practices two DNPs last week, Wednesday, Thursday, and then was limited again, this sort of capped volume could have been predicted um but again you probably didn't have a lot of better options than than austin eckler take away that touchdown again i've done it twice now and i say i hate it but he he wasn't necessarily a great asset to your to your rosters this week and it's going to be telling uh it's going to say a lot what his practice statuses are this week and it's going to tell us a lot about where he is from a health perspective but yeah man this this guy is moderately volatile at least moving forward because you The week one is when everybody should be healthy, right? Week one is when everybody and should should, that's should what be I practicing said about
0: That's what I said about Mostert yeah. on our live stream. I'm like, if you drafted Raheem Mostert, he's never going to be healthier than he is now. And then, oh, and then I now mean, he's injuries not. are a part of the game, man. They're just a part of the game, and that's why you're part of the game. Uh, follow him on Twitter at fbinjurydoc. Make sure you check out his injury insights at fantasypoints.com. Now, I strongly encourage you. To subscribe to fantasypoints.com Using the code 21PORUS10 By the way, get you 10% off But if you go to uh, fantasypoints.com You click on research and news On the right hand side There's injury insights It is a free feed of all of Edwin's injury like just quick little blurbs Edwin you can go down here and it's going to be your expertise and and and, and analyzing the injury impact and you know Tom and I we this is this is something that is so important to us Tom and I we'll talk waiver wire here but Edwin you just do all the injury insights on that page make sure you check it out um it is fantastic talking to you my man hopefully we don't have to talk for 20 minutes next week but uh but it is always good talking to you
1: Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. I'll I'll try to cut down on the fluff. Okay, I'll try to cut down on the fluff.
0: <laughs> no, uh, it's it's not fluff. It's uh, it's uh, very very useful information, and we're gonna come back with a little bit more useful information. Tom Raleigh will join me to talk waiver wire after the break. But first, we're going to have a word from our sponsors. We are back. Thanks for ch- uh, hanging around after a wonderful little uh. uh segment with Edwin Porras. Unfortunately, when uh, I get to talk to Edwin for 20 plus minutes, it means there's injuries to talk about. We don't like that very much. Uh, but uh, now we're talking about how to deal with those injuries here. And we're with Tom Browley of fantasypoints.com. And Tom does the waiver wire. Tom, you literally are working on the waiver wire article in real time watching the games on Sunday. So like you are, oh. I mean, you're, you're like, you're like on the ground floor of this. You're you're doing it as it happens, um, and then then you can update it with insight. But the, talk about your process a little bit because we're going to uh, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna, I mean, you 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 are the waiver wire guy. You are updating this damn thing during the games on Sundays. Yeah, one uh, week one is always the worst week uh, for
2: for the article for me because anybody that's read the article uh, over the years uh, at Fantasy Guru and now Fantasy Points. It's kind of like a living article. We kind of write it initially, and we keep updating it throughout. You know, all 17, eight, 18 weeks now. Uh, so the first week is always a brutal one. Uh, the the one o'clock games end at four. I, I start writing it. Uh, I didn't get done until about you know twelve fifteen this week. Um, you know, it was I, I did the I do the uh, Thursday night one o'clock four o'clock. Then I can kind of hand it over to John. He puts the finishing touches on it. So. Uh, that's kind of the process for it. So between Sunday and Monday, I, I was like working for like 22 of 30 hours in the, well, probably like more like 23 of 30 hours and the other seven were spent sleeping. So uh, I'm running on fumes a little bit here today, but uh, you know, got a little bit of rest last night, got to watch a good game there. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, they were uh, trying to blow it as uh, much as they could there, the, the Raiders, but uh, they ended up pulling out at the end. So uh, you know, it's uh it's, it's fun to have football back. Uh, you know, not, the, the waiver wire is going to be a little bit busy this week. Not, not, nothing too crazy, but no. uh, we had some shenanigans uh, coming from Kyle Shanahan, uh, you know, this week. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's an interesting waiver wire here right off the bat.
0: Yeah, uh, by the way, Tom, I want to remind everybody uh, that at fantasypoints.com, if you're a premium subscriber to fantasypoints.com, and you can use the code 21Brawley10 to get that, uh, well, this, this podcast is being released on Tuesday, early afternoon. On Tuesday nights, we have a new live stream for premium subscribers. It's our projection show where our staff is literally going to, we're going to pull back the curtain and we're literally going to have a discussion. John, this guy's too high. John, this guy's too low. With reasoning, um, Wes Huber, Scott Barrick, Graham Barfield, obviously me and you, Tom. We're going to be on there, and it's just going to be a little bit of a peek behind the curtain and give you an early look at some of the lineup decisions you should be making. I think it's a really unique show in the fantasy space, so I hope everybody checks that out. And Tom, you and I will be in uh, in Discord uh, or for our premium subscribers today, answering waiver wire questions. You know, um, fab budgets, stuff like that. What would you do in this situation? Would you drop this no, guy?
2: Our favorite question is the fab question. Oh, I hate them. Because,
0: <laughs> oh, like, I I, I, because, like, Tom, I don't know how to handle fab budget. Like, I just like, I just throw a number out there, and I'm like, Pfft, you know, I hope yeah, that exactly. gets it. Exactly. you know, every league
2: is completely different. You know, I'm yeah. playing some, like, super competitive leagues where everybody shoots their wad, you know, the first couple weeks. And then, you know, there's more, you know, maybe a sharper leg where, you know, people are kind of trying to – spend their money throughout the season, and, you know, they're a little more conservative. So every league is completely different when it comes yeah, to that.
0: Yeah, and, like, I mean, I always feel bad when people ask, but, like, I'm like, ah, it's a 25% situation, you know? that's yeah. a, And, I mean, there are going to be people who blow 100% of their budget on Elijah Mitchell. I don't know how, uh, how defensible that is, but, Tom, let's talk about the waiver wire star, I think. Effing hate you for picking him up. I was in the, oh, sho- I, I was literally in the shower getting prepared for the game day show when you picked him up in our long term league. Literally uh, ten minutes before kickoff for the one yeah, o'clock. I-, I was out walking my dog
2: uh, in our fourteen team leg. I'm kicking myself that I didn't do it in more leagues, but I figured the
0: fourteen team leg uh, was the most defensible to do it. Yeah. And yeah, well, he's now he's the guy here. Elijah Mitchell, uh, from San Francisco. What did you see? what kind of fab budget would you use on them um is there a potential landmine here um was Kyle Shanahan being really disciplinary for Trey Sermon and Brandon Ayuk I mean it was a bizarre situation there was no indication from anybody before the game at least Sermon was inactive I mean the the Ayuk thing was bizarre, but there was no indications over the past couple weeks from any reporter connected with that team that any of this was even within the realm of possibility.
2: Yeah, I I, I, I saw some reporters on the beat saying, "Oh, this was in the yeah yeah," you then report it. Like nobody yeah. had any of this out there. Uh, it was completely blindsided everybody. So um, you know, it, Mitchell's kind of the guy for now. Uh, you know, he played well in the role. Moster, it looks like he's going to be out uh, about eight weeks.
0: I'm sure you guys got into that so, a little bit. It was a perfect storm, by the way, because yes. Trey Sermon was inactive, but Mostert ripped off 20 yards on his first two carries, and then, as Mostert is wont to do, ended up on the sidelines. I mean, he, I, so it was a perfect storm. It, this is this this was just... Uh, don't kick yourself if you weren't like Tom. We are in a 14-team deep league, so Elijah Mitchell was actually one of the most appealing options on the waiver wire. I mean, this is... Uh, Everybody loaded up on most certain DFS. I mean, Tom, it was a perfect storm here. Yeah, absolutely, and it was a perfect matchup as well. The
2: lines were, you know, one of the worst in the league, and you know, he took advantage of it and you know broke off the long touchdown run, got up over a hundred yards. So, uh, you know, he's he's going to lead this backfield for now. But Shanahan, you know, he's prone to you know make changes and you know use you know kind of use the hot hand in his backfield here um you know if Trey Sermon gets dropped in any of your leagues this week which is probably a, a great possibility and um you know some of the you know the the lesser uh you know not as sharp legs maybe your hometown leagues uh you know he's probably going to be he could be dropped in some of those so I would go out and pick him up I think to Michael Hasty is even in the mix here but uh Mitchell is the guy for now uh as long you know as long as he keeps playing well so he kind of played in that, uh, they played in a very similar system at Louisiana. Uh, it was a six-round pick, kind of went under the radar, but, uh, you know, he, he's uh, extremely athletic and uh, is kind of a good fit for this this running scheme, this outside zone running scheme. So, uh, you know, he's the guy for now, and, you know, I would be, he's, the, he's definitely the top guy uh, out of all the positions here to, to be looking to add here, because, you know, anybody that's Leading this San Francisco backfield
0: has a great route to uh, fantasy relevance. Yeah, and, and so uh, let's just let's just put it this way, Tom. You're not you're not closing the coffin on Trey Sermon.
2: Oh God, no, no. I mean, would you be surprised in the next three weeks that he's the lead back here? No. I mean, I, I feel like Shanahan is you know using a heavy hand here with Ayuk and Sermon. I, uh, you know, Sermon played a lot with the starters during the uh, the preseason as well, so. Yeah, uh, you know, would you be completely shocked if Sermon is the lead back a, after week two? No, uh, you know he comes out and he, he's the guy. Like I wouldn't be totally shocked. So I, I think Mitchell's the guy for now. But th- this is going to be a week to week process with the San yeah. Francisco
0: backfield. This is going to be different. This is going to be different, Tom, than Ayuk. I think Ayuk, San Francisco probably needs Ayuk. You know, like Trent Sherfield. You know, ain't gonna cut it. Like no, but for sermon i mean now he had elijah mitchell had a great game and and i yes. i have a couple of, uh a little tidbits from greg cosell on mitchell um and uh in his uh a breakdown of mitchell for our uh, for our nfl draft guide up at fantasypoints.com which you can still buy for 25 bucks um the more i watched mitchell the more i liked him and here is the kicker mitchell would project best in a foundational zone scheme and i got a question on our discord channel. And they said, uh, uh, does San Francisco run a foundational zone scheme? And I responded yeah. to the, to the gentleman and I said, San Francisco runs the foundational zone. scheme. Yeah. Everybody mean, is copying
2: it. You know, it's, it's trickled down. Yeah, I think in Louisiana, basically from stuff I was reading that their coach, you know, uh, you know, was picking Shanahan's you know, brains, like watching video and you know, they were, kind of emulating his offense a bit than whenever Elijah Mitchell was running in it. So
0: yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, he his he is the zone running game right now.
0: So yeah, he's, he's the big guy on the waiver wire, Tom, just uh, another couple names out there um, check Cordero Patterson's positional eligibility. I got to be honest watching that game. And it was, I mean, Atlanta got dominated. It was, but they did run the ball well in the first half Tom, I thought Cordero Patterson looked better than Mike Davis. Yeah. Uh and Gallman was
2: a, a healthy scratch. I mean, that wasn't totally it's not surprising. No. Yeah, since he's just new to the offense, but um yeah, he he could carve out a little bit bigger role here. Uh I want to get on your guy here from the Eagles Gainwell. Oh, Gainwell. I mean, he's he's a guy, if I miss out on some of the top guys here, uh he's definitely in the mix. And that was even a, a terrible game script for him, and he was excellent. I mean, so- they were they were leading that entire game and you know, we're thinking the Eagles are going to be a 500 team, maybe worse. So, you know, better
0: game scripts are likely coming his way in the future. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, um, he was exclusively the hurry up back. Boston Scott didn't play a snap. Yeah. Um, Gainwell was in the two-minute drill. He was out there. Miles Sanders looked great, by the way. But Gainwell, he was excellent, Tom, in pass protection. Mm-hmm. And as a rookie running back in his first game, I mean – He's out there. He's somebody who's very interesting. James White, uh, 33% rostered on Yahoo. Um, uh, yeah, that, that better he, be up over 50%. I mean, he's week. just did exactly, especially since yeah. Stevenson and Harris both fumbled. Um, he did exactly what you would want to see. Uh, one more I just want to ask you, Tom. What did you think of the Baltimore backfield last night in the game?
2: Oh, I, I, I want Tyson. I mean, Latavius Murray looks absolutely cooked. I mean, I know he was playing... Uh, the pivotal snaps down the end. I, you know, I don't think they have complete trust in Williams right now. But as the season yeah. goes on, I mean, Williams had, you know, way he looked way more explosive. Uh, I think he's the ascending player. Murray is the descending player. Uh, I mean, it might take you know some time. Uh, so that, and Murray's going to have a role. Oh no, yeah, it's no, going to be a fifty-fifty. It's going to be they're going to use. You know, it's it's just going to be kind of a fifty-fifty split. But I want the more explosive player, the guy that's ascending, not the descending player here. Guy couldn't even. Uh, make the roster for the Saints. So, uh, you know, I think they're both going to be kind of that, you know, you yeah. know RB2, RB3 fringe. But, uh, you know, Tyson Williams has, has more upside here going forward, in my opinion.
0: If you need to replace Jerry Judy, who we talked about with Edwin, who we expect... Oh, to we're be not going to talk about the Texans' backfield? I mean, Mark going to get right, 30 carries right, a game on. going forward. <laughs> guys, guys, here's here is this. You and I were talking about this when we were going through our uh, our, our market report the sucker bet of all sucker bets is using fab to pick up Mark Ingram.
2: <laughs> like, yes, I, I mean, can, get on our discord, you know, after, uh, you know, your fab runs, we want to hear your most, the most outrageous Mark Ingram bid, uh, out there this, this week. Uh, yeah, I, I'll I, be very curious. I, I, I'll be curious if anybody blows like over 50% of their budget. on. This.
0: I would rather pick up Cordaro Patterson than Mark Ingram. I'm dead serious <laughs> about that. Uh, um, uh, Larry Roundtree, by the way, looks like the backup to Austin Eckler. If you're if you're interested in that, uh, he was pretty much. I think that, that that's going to make Hanson happy because he called that all off season. Um, all right, Tom, let's go to the receivers. If you're looking to replace Jerry Judy, let's just start easily with Denver. Uh, you know, like the guy consistently gets disrespected. I, I mean, Tom, every time he plays, Tim Patrick puts up numbers every yes. time. Every time. And that was among, if not the single best game I've saw uh Teddy Bridgewater play in the NFL. Oh,
1: he's
2: he's you know, he's gonna get the ball to his receivers too. I mean, we saw in Carol Carolina last year, he you know, he, he supported three wide receivers last year. So uh, you know, we're talking about Tim Patrick here. I mean yeah. KJ Hamler, he might have the he has the bigger upside out of, you know, I, I think Tim Patrick, week to week he's going to be your reliable wide receiver three. You don't have to really sweat it too much. Just plug him in there and uh, you know, he's not going to kill you. Uh, Hambler is going to be, you know, he's going to have the wild ebbs and flows, but um, you know, it was interesting at least that Judy was kind of the guy in the slot, uh, you know, in week one here, I would think, you know, and it was a great spot for him. I mean, Bridgewater was feeding him the ball there. I would think that Hambler kind of slides into that spot. So, Maybe, maybe KJ gets a little bit more consistency, but uh, you know, he's always kind of been the, the shot play guy. He, uh, you know, he missed that long 50 yard touchdown pass where we're Penn state guys. We're texting her. know, There's KJ. Oh, he was wide
0: ass open. Oh yeah. I
2: mean, it wasn't the easiest catch. It was kind of, he kind of had to turn his shoulders to, to adjust to it, but uh, there was literally no defenders around him and he, he couldn't call uh, haul it in, but uh, you know, uh, bigger days are ahead for both of these guys it, you know uh, how long did Edwin say uh we could be looking at a Judy absence
0: well he, Edwin actually leans to the shorter end the like okay. three weeks but you know uh, there's a chance he's not 100% when he gets back so maybe they wait to get him 100% who knows um Tom another guy if you're not looking just at the Broncos um go back and look at Sterling Shepard's game longs I mean, he is the only guy who did anything for that giant offense on Sunday in that absolute crap fest against Denver. Yeah,
2: it's uh, six, I have it in the article, six catches in nine of his last 13 games. So, um, you know, he actually scored a touchdown this week, too, and made a big play, uh, racked up some uh, yards after the catch, which usually isn't his, you know, his M.O., but, uh, you know, he's he's a 40% known guy. Uh, you know, we were talking about James White, that, that's... You know, if he's not owned up over fifty percent of leagues, I don't yeah. know what's going on here. Devontae Parker is the, in the same deal here. Uh, you know, he kind of got disrespected all summer. He, he led them in his, targets, yeah, and he led them in target. You yeah, know, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the, the case going forward. Uh, he's kind of the Mister Reliable in that offense. The uh, you know, when it when it gets, they're both kind of they're very much different players, but they're kind of the same. Like when the going gets tough, it's third down. I'm gonna to go to my most reliable guy, Devontae Parker, Sterling Shepherd. Um, you know, I, I think they're both kind of similar in that way, so they they should both be picked up and, you know, owned in over 50% of the leagues after this week.
0: Yeah, Um. by the way, Tom, we can't talk about everybody on the podcast. We're not going to give the whole article away, but if you subscribe to FantasyPoints.com, the Week 2 waiver Wire, it is one of our premier- – it is the premier article on the site, quite frankly, during the season. um, There's more guys to talk about. You know, Nelson Aguilar, um, the, the Cardinal guys. We, we have
2: two real, uh, you know, guys that didn't do anything in Week 1, but, you know, all the peripherals kind of say big things might be coming for them. I mean, MVS Marquez valdez Cantling. he kind of yeah. got pulled at the end of the game with the starters. I mean, it was Lazard and Cobb I mean, at the end of that game playing with Jordan Love. He he saw eight targets. You know, it, it looks like he's kind of firmly the number two receiver here. And We're always trying to get pieces of that Packers passing game. We're gonna, You know, they're not going to be this terrible all year. Uh, hopefully that was just a one-off against the Saints. And uh, the other guy playing Thursday night, I'm going to guess uh, – he might be the Thursday night special for John Hanson and myself on the, uh, the program is Diami Brown, Uh, Diami Brown. He, uh, yeah, he, he was the starter. He played uh, across from Terry McLaurin. Um, You know, it was a, it was an ugly, you know, Fitzpatrick gets hurt in the second quarter there. It just kind of threw the entire offense out of whack, but uh, you know, the, the numbers look like, you know, he could be something here in the next couple of of weeks here. So, um, you know, two guys that, Probably are going to go under the radar on your waiver wire pickups, but um, would be good stashes for you going yeah,
0: forward here. Uh, for sure. Um, and, and then Jalen Rager, by the way, six catches. Talk about, you know, like the Eagles come out and Quez, and I loved Quez Watkins, the, the, the scripted plays at the beginning of the game. Tom, Quez Watkins caught three passes on the first three plays of the game. Doesn't see a target. Meanwhile, yeah, Jalen wild. Rager ends up catching six passes and scoring a touchdown there against Atlanta. Yeah, he looked pretty
2: good. I mean, the the entire passing game looked pretty strong. Uh, you know, I maybe, maybe it's with the, going against the Falcons defense, but, uh, you know, we'll see this week. I mean, that 49ers secondary looked awfully Enough. shaky, uh, and they just lost Jason Barrett. So, uh, uh-huh. you know, could be a good spot. I want to drop a little more because, I mean, we're in the charitable mood here. Uh, you know, it is week one. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll save a lot of this stuff for the article going forward, but uh, Cedric Wilson's another guy. Michael Gallup goes down. Uh, he's probably going to be out three to five weeks. They didn't use any other receivers besides Cooper, uh, you know, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, and, and Cedric and, and, and. Wilson. So he's going to be kind of locked into that big role. And we're, you know, they threw it 58 times. They, you know, th- this is going to be an offense that throws it a lot. Yeah. So if you're looking for just like a plug and play for a couple of weeks, uh, you're you're not too satisfied. Or maybe you just lost Gallup. Uh, you know, Wilson is certainly a guy you know he's not going to kill it but you know he he should be good for four or five catches for 50 60 yards
0: Tom, you need to come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and eSports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build a lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. You hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over 140,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL week one and has already awarded over 4 million. Our staff at Fantasy Points will be posting their favorite Thrive Fantasy picks each week on the site. New users can use promo code Fantasy Points when you sign up and will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Dot com. Tune into the Extra Points live stream every Sunday morning to find out some of our favorite Thrive Fantasy props for the day. Sign up and prop up today. Tom, uh, a popular uh, tight end uh, on the waiver wire. Let's talk about the, the Saints' tight ends. Because, look, everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, Marquez Cowell. Jameis Winston threw 20 passes, Tom. I mean, like, yeah, somebody, is, I me. somebody is going to uh, 20 passes five touchdowns. Um, somebody is going to lose out on a target share when, uh, your quarterback throws 20 passes, but I got a lot of, a lot of texts, uh, a lot of, uh, the uh, discord chat, even before the game. I know you guys are high on Jawan Johnson. Should I stash him? And I said, he is, he is the stash of stashes, but Adam Troutman, uh, J- Johnson scored two touchdowns. Troutman saw more targets. What's your read on this situation? Uh, yeah, uh,
2: it's going to be uh, an interesting one here. I, I think I lean towards Troutman, uh, you know, as being the more consistent overall piece here. He, you know, he was on the field for, uh, you know, 82% of the snaps last week. And, uh, you know, Jawan Johnson's kind of a situational player, but you know, he got he has that Jared Cook type of situational player. So, um You know, Jawan Johnson's going to be, you know, kind of like an all-or-nothing kind of player here going forward. But I do think, you know, all the guy has done done is uh, made plays since the preseason. Um, You know, he's come on the field, and he was making plays uh, in their first couple preseason games. And then, you know, he makes two spectacular – I mean, I don't know if you you remember remember those catches, Joe. I mean, one, he, like, laid out parallel to the ground, and the other, he, like, you know, skied in the back of the end zone and got both of his feet down. So, I mean, they were both – impressive plays and uh, you know I, I I, don't you know and, and we we are talking about the Saints receiving core I mean Marquez Callaway's you know had a nice run of it here since August but you know he's an undrafted free agent you know he doesn't have a, a you know a long track record of success in the NFL and uh you know try naming like three other receivers behind him so uh you know it's a really thin group right now behind Alvin Kamara. so uh, I would be taking my shots on either one of these guys to to see if uh, you know they're they're not going to throw the ball twenty times a, a game going forward. Yeah. Here. So uh, there's going to be more volume in the passing game, and uh, maybe both of these guys can carve out a, you know at least some tight end two type of value here.
0: Uh, Tom, we're just going to hit one quarterback, and and it's going to be Taylor Heineke. Um, uh, hopefully, you're not streaming quarterbacks at this point, but you might, I, be, in be. <laughs> uh, I, you might be in the super flex league. You um, might be in a super flex league. He runs around. He makes plays. I can see why they like him. To me, he is like the quintessential backup quarterback because, mm-hmm. you know, you saw that downfield throw to uh, Terry McLaurin. Tom, it looked like it had helium in it. I mean, like the, the guy just doesn't have arm strength. But he is a quintessential kind of backup quarterback who can run around. He's going to make plays. He had 17 yards rushing in that game. I mean, if you're in a super flex league, I think you could do worse than Heineken. Yeah, he's got some like Case Keenum
2: type of vibes. You know, he's yeah, got like a you know, a second reaction type of player. Uh you know, he'll run around you know, he's not gonna be like a, a fifty, you know, rushing yards per game type of quarterback, but uh, you know, he should kinda live in that twenty to thirty yards and maybe he'll get you a rushing score
0: and Right, the score uh, is what I was saying. Like, you know, you know, he can get in there on at the goal line for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, they're, they're going to, you know, this week's kind of a tough spot, you know, they're going against the Giants. That's going to be a, a very low scoring affair and it's one they should kind of dominate it is that, you know, we're our first Thursday night game uh, of the year here. So it might be a little bit low scoring, might not want to necessarily necessarily play him this week, but um, you know, it, it's looking like a six to eight week injury for, uh, for Fitz, Fitzpatrick there with his hip dislocation. So um, you know, he's going to be the guy here. So he's going to be, you know, fringe QB two, uh, you know, a uh, high end QB three, you know, so super flex type of guy, but, um, you know, he, he's going to do some things with his feet that, which are, you know, certainly a nice little bonus here.
0: Yeah, uh so Tom, uh how about the NFL crapping on us already with the Thursday night game week week 2? Oh, I know. Mean,
2: I mean the whole have you seen the whole uh primetime slate? We got the Lions on Monday night. Well, you know,
0: I'm actually a lot more excited to watch that game because the Packers were so freaking bad last last week like that has serious meltdown potential, so I'm going to be tuning into that. Chiefs Ravens is a really good one on Sunday. Yeah, you I, I think that's, uh, that's what they loss. were going for. Or we'll
2: put like the the game of the uh, AFC here in prime time here, and uh, you know we'll get some of our you know we gotta we gotta appease all the uh, you know fan bases here. So we'll we'll get some crappy uh, primetime <laughs> games out of the way early here.
0: Uh, did you did you see uh, did you see Week Three's Thursday night game?
2: No, I haven't looked that far ahead yet. I, I think. <laughs>
0: Go ahead. The Panthers and the Texans. Okay, I was going to say I thought the Texans were pretty early in the season. Yeah, really. uh, so yeah, uh, um, uh unfortunately, yeah, but next Sunday night. Well, it sounds be... like the NFL is backloading the Thursday night yeah. schedule this year. Yeah, <laughs> ne- uh, next Thursday night, uh yeah, next Sunday night's going to be a real rip snorter, but uh yeah. Uh the, the, the primetime schedule, un- unfortunately for us, Tom, because those are the chances we actually get to sit down and really watch just games the game? yeah yeah like you know so uh, anyway um i hope you guys uh, respect what we do you know we the, the game we we have to suffer these terrible primetime games the games that you know we actually want to sit down and watch be uh because on sundays we're busy we're working through it and we're discussing it today i want to remind everybody check out the tuesday night live stream for premium subscribers at fantasypoints.com and if you're a premium subscriber you get all of our dfs content you get into our Discord channel. You get all of Tom's betting content. We have a expanded betting package this year. Um, it's just really fantastic stuff. You get access to all of our live streams as well. Tonight's show is the projection show where we are breaking down our rankings and projections live for you. I I think this is a meeting. John requested this meeting last year, and we were all like burnt out. We were like, "Oh my god, uh, we don't want to do it." And then turns out, I mean, John knows best. He, it was a good idea, and we just didn't do it. And um, it's going I have to no be- idea how
2: this is going to go, Joe. It, it, you know, it, it should be pretty fun, though. I'm looking yeah. forward. It's going to be uh, more informal. You know, we're not going to, you know,
1: Host you know, it. Yeah, no, yeah.
2: No. It's not going to be. It's going to be just a discussion, basically. Yeah. So it should be pretty fun. Uh, do we have any promo codes
0: to throw out there? Maybe oh, yeah, just- twenty-one brawly ten. There we go. Yeah, you so, want to so, get in on it? Look, you might be one and zero. Here's the deal. This is the way I look at it. I don't want to. If you're zero and one, you definitely need help. But if you're one and zero you want to pull away man like you know you don't want to see that lead you want to you want to max for in this thing you want to win by a lot go to fantasypoints.com and and we'll help you out for tom brawley at tom brawley on twitter i'm joe dolan at fg underscore dolan on twitter and for edwin porus as well at fb injury doc on twitter this has been the week number two injuries and waiver wire podcast i hope you all enjoyed i hope you subscribe rate and review to make sure you're back with us next week and uh we will talk to you next